Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of November 4th through November 10th. Uh, this week, we are going to explore um, a first quarter moon. Uh, we just experienced our new moon in Scorpio, uh, the conjunction of the sun and the moon. And uh, we are been building towards this kind of... Um, I guess a little bit of a crisis point. Uh, the first quarter and the last quarter moons were associated with kind of a, a challenge um, because they were squares, which are the nature of Mars. So the first quarter moon being associated with the challenge of bringing things into manifestation and the last quarter of perhaps thinking about um, letting go of that old cycle and maybe changing our minds around something, some idea that we held dear, uh, more of an existential crisis. So we're going to look at that this week. Um, we have a Mars square with Pluto on Tuesday the 5th. Um, we're going to dive into the, uh, the, the depths of that aspect. Um, yeah, we've just kind of started to recover from our Mars square to Saturn, and now we're going to go head-to-head uh, -head with Pluto there. Um, that should be fun. Uh, then we're going to have a couple more positive aspects with the sun sextiling Saturn and trining a retrograde Neptune. Um, all the while, uh, Mercury is going to be retracing his steps uh, through the sign of Scorpio, heading back under the beams of the sun, um, and then preparing for his Kazemi, uh, his, his new cycle, his inferior uh, conjunction that's going to be happening on 11.11. That sounds auspicious. So we'll take a look at that. Um, we may explore a little bit of uh, some tarot with Scorpio 2 and Libra 3 with the Six of Cups and the Four of Swords. And of course, as, as usual, we'll do our essential dignity report here. Okay, let's dive in. So condition-wise for our planets this week, uh, the sun is moving through the second decan or face of Scorpio, which is the fixed water sign of the fall. Um, we're going to be seeing, uh, you know, Scorpio 10, between 10 and 20 degrees. Uh, the sun is in the terms of Mercury or the bound of Mercury. So it's kind of playing by Mercury's rules right now. So some of our solar um, identity, some of our solar, uh, you know, trying to find illumination through the mind and things like that are going to be filtered through this retrograde Mercury. So it may lead us down to some pretty, uh, potentially some dark paths. Um, my, uh, my astrology teacher, Adam Allenboss, has been talking a lot about Scorpio in his videos, and I've been really absorbing a lot of good stuff from that. And he's talking about Scorpio being kind of a, a place to um, for the universe to deposit some of the darkness or where we can kind of experience some of the darkness in our, in our souls and in our experiences. Um, some of the, the death and decay archetypes, uh, not everything is going to be pretty in life and we need to kind of have a place to be able to process that. And I think this area of the Zodiac is, is famous for that kind of, uh, that kind of energetic processing and, and composting, I like the the image of composting, where you know we may have accumulated a lot of things through our our exploration in the world of forms, um, but you know those forms come into being and pass out, and um, sometimes we have to 
be able to let them go and and digest them so that we can create fuel for the next cycle that wants to come around. So I think that this is really a really powerful period for digesting some of the things in our life and and um, being able to express some of the the shadow side of life too, like psychologically as well. Uh, we you know as a human being we have both positive and negative thoughts. We have both positive and negative experiences. We have impulses that may be socially acceptable or taboo. And this is definitely the more kind of taboo area of the Zodiac, right? This is where we, some of the things that we may have been repressing that, that weren't as um, even socially acceptable may be coming out into the light. Um, we've got a, um, uh, it's a Mars world sign. So we've got a, a nocturnal Mars where we're, you know, really trying to um, perhaps some of the cutting and severing energy that we experience with Mars is being uh, internalized. It's being directed in more of an inward, privatized fashion rather than than perhaps uh, in an outward focused action. So that's something to consider with the Scorpio Mars here too. Um, sorry, I'm smelling something burning up <laughs> in my house. Isn't burning down or something? Uh, that would be very Scorpionic. Uh, anyway, it's probably just this plant light behind me. Uh, Maybe someone's cooking something. <laughs> Always an adventure at the, in the week ahead forecast. Uh, anyway, the sun uh, moving through Scorpio 2. I'm going to be in the terms of retrograde Mercury. What do, we, what do we expect with a planet moving through the terms or bound of Mercury? Um, perhaps a, uh, a quality of needing to, to communicate, needing to use our skill set to... Um, perhaps separate things out into categories. It may be a little bit of a destabilizing influence. And we may have to retrace some of our steps, especially because that bound ruler is, is retrograde. Okay, Jupiter is going to be moving through the bound of Sagittarius. Uh, I'm sorry, through the sign of Sagittarius, uh, the decan, the third decan of Sagittarius, its own domicile, that also has triplicity rulership by the nighttime. Uh, this bound that that Jupiter is moving through uh, is the Saturnian bound uh, as well. So we've got kind of a, the third decan of, of Sagittarius is ruled by Saturn. And then we've also got it moving through the, the bound of Saturn. So there's a real Saturnian flavor to, to Jupiterian stuff. Jupiterian, jovial. <laughs> that one's for you, Graham. I have a listener named Graham, a good friend of mine who corrected me on that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, eventually I'll be able to burn all the, the malpropisms out of my, uh, my vernacular here. So uh, the, the jovial nature of, of uh, Jupiter this week is, has a Saturnian kind of flavor to it. Um, so what does that mean? It means some of our expansive qualities, our bridge building, is going to come through hard work, through, through recognizing some of our limits and working within those limitations. Anytime we've got a combination of Jupiter and Saturn, um, Jupiter playing by Saturn's rules, so to speak. Uh, we have to kind of pay attention to to the structures of our life, to the to sacrifices that we need to make, and to the um, our ability to um, Saturn up. I guess I love that phrase, Saturn up, which is really about kind of doing some of the things that you don't want to do, but doing them anyway because they're necessary. Uh, Saturn was associated with the concept of necessity, or really like those things that you know, maybe the dirty, difficult, um, you know, kind of like 
a blacksmith forging a sword, right? Uh, he's got to really use fire and heat and it's dirty and grimy and he's got to really pound it into submission. It's a lot of hard work. It's sweaty. And, you know, that's kind of what we're, what we're experiencing with, with Jupiter in a, a, a Saturn ruled Deccan and in the bound of, of, of Saturn. So keep an eye on that. Um, it may feel like our progress, our hope is, is a little bit dampered. Um, but even though it's within a, a, those Saturnian ruled areas, there's still, you know, a lot of um, potential for growth because it is getting the resources it needs to, to move forward. Um, Saturn is going to be in the, its own domicile in the terms of Mercury. I'm sorry, in the terms, <laughs> terms of Venus. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is the way it's going this week. Um, I started recording this in a, a, a Saturn-ruled hour and ascendant. So there will be some of this going on. And also, this is the day that Mercury is making its station and retrograding. I'm trying to get a little bit ahead of the game, but the, um, the trickster is uh, having its way with me here. So we'll see how it goes. If I make some mistakes, it's, I'm going to, you know, playfully uh, point towards Mercury and, and his trickster ways today. Uh, so, yes, Saturn will be in the terms of Venus and, you know, playing by Venus's rules, which is in Sagittarius right now. So, you know, some of the ways that we're going to, um, you know, work within those boundaries is, is through potentially through our relationships, through um, harmonizing. Um, it's interesting that Venus is in a, a, a Saturn ruled sign and Saturn is in the terms of Venus and Jupiter, the ruler, uh, the host of, um, of Venus right now in Sagittarius is kind of like we've got this like little love triangle going on between Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus right now. They're they're all kind of interconnected and intertwined. I know that's a lot of things to trace, but uh, I think it's very interesting. We may have to use all of those those skills, our ability to make compromises, our ability to work within limitations, our ability to to stay hopeful and try to bridge bridge the gaps between us. Um, so I think that's all going to be something that uh, we're going to be working through this week. Venus uh, is in the sign of Sagittarius, Sagittarius 1. We explored the Eight of Wands last week when we were talking about that particular Deccan. Uh, it doesn't have any specific dignity in the first Deccan of Sagittarius, but it is what, what is called co-present with its host, Jupiter, uh, and in the terms of Jupiter. So generally when a planet is within a, the terms of a benefic like Jupiter or Venus, um, we t you know, Demetri George, I, I believe, it, uh, compares this to having kind of a, a teacher that's a little bit more lenient, um, where, you know, you may be able to get away with a few more mistakes and have a little bit of a easier time with things. Whereas if you had a, a malefic bound lord like Saturn or Mars, um, the repercussions for not following the rules may be a little bit more severe and maybe a little bit of a stricter teacher, uh, maybe having to do things that are a little bit more painful to, to move forward. Um, but the good thing with, with Venus, despite not having that dignity, is, is it's, it's sitting at the table with its, its host or its steward or its lord, Jupiter. So Jupiter has, is able to see Venus very clearly uh, being on, a, on his right-hand side, basically, and being able to provide all the things that, that, um, that Venus might want to, to, to do the things that she needs to do. 
So that's a very fortunate position when, when a planet is sitting with its host and that host is the greater benefic. That's always kind of a, an interesting thing. So we've got like kind of a double, double benefic type of experience here. So Venus things may be, may be more well supported um, as we move forward into the, the holiday season. Okay. Mars, on the other hand, is still in its exile in the third decade of Libra. Um, it is in the terms of Jupiter to start the week and then moves into the terms of Venus towards the end of the week. So it is within uh, the benefic terms. Um, so we may be experiencing a little bit of a, an easing up of some of the challenges that we've been experiencing with Mars uh, being in its exile. Uh, still some stuff going on this week with Mars. Still not a comfortable Mars, though. Um, Mars is going to be making that square to Pluto. So Mars is going to be running headlong into the Lord of the Underworld. And some of our actions that we're taking may dredge up some, some of the things that we've repressed. And we have, may have to deal with some power, power issues and power challenges as we move forward through the week. So just be careful with that. We still may be focusing our martial energy uh, in a bit of a passive way or maybe even a passive-aggressive way where we are still... Um, potentially uh, asking permission before we take an action. This is very common with Mars and Libra is, is the tendency to uh, either get into um, arguments or disagreements in partnerships or always having to kind of run by things by, by somebody else before we take an action uh, and also trying to take an action that is potentially beneficial or that we think is beneficial for somebody else instead of in our own best interest. And that, that's where we can run into some problems because uh, that's the time when we can make some assumptions about what other people want or need. And uh, that, can be, that can be a little bit difficult to, to, um, to work out if we've made uh, the wrong assumption. And uh, that's, some, that's the potential for misunderstandings that we have when Mars is in a in a it's exile in Libra like that is, you know maybe we don't completely understand where the other person is coming from. Remember, Mars is that severing and cutting quality, and um, according to another very prominent Hellenistic astrologer named Robert Schmidt, one of the things that he pointed out in some of his teachings was the host of a sign will be offering up its significations for the planet in that sign to act upon. So if we were to extrapolate that out, Venus is the ruler or the host of the sign of Libra, and she would be offering up the things that she signifies to Mars to act upon. So things like relationships, things like uh, ritual, cleanliness, um, things like um, adornment and beautification are being acted upon by Mars through his essential nature of cutting, severing, conflict. So we may be having conflicts uh, that are coming up in those particular areas of our life because of where Mars is, is birthing through. The other thing that was really uh, interesting about what Schmidt said was, you know, the, the sign is a birth channel for the essential essence of whatever planet is in it to birth significations through in this you know world that we live in here so all of the essential um, elements of mars are being birthed through that libra venusian venereal okay that's the proper term venereal channel 
Okay. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be, in, uh, we got another couple weeks of that. And then we're going to get, uh, Mars is going to really improve condition when it moves into Scorpio. Um, it's going to be a very strong Mars. This is where Mars is, uh, you know, in its own domicile. Um, I believe that there is a rejoicing, a few rejoicing conditions with Mars and Scorpio. And it's going to be like the, the, you know, the freight train gaining steam. We may be able to, to put into action some of the things that we've been negotiating really over the last few weeks here with uh, Mars and Libra. Okay, uh, Mercury is going to be in the third decan of Scorpio retrograde, right? We just began our Mercury retrograde cycle uh, Thursday, uh, Halloween, which is when I'm actually recording this, but you may be viewing this on Sunday or Monday or throughout the week um, since I'm getting a head start here. Uh, and we are seeing Mercury has a condition called Peregrine where it doesn't have any particular dignity in this in this decan of the zodiac. Um, it is in the terms of Saturn and is going to be moving back into the terms of Jupiter. So it's starting out in some with some limitations and is going to be moving back into a slightly more fortunate area of the zodiac. Uh, but it's what, what Mercury is doing right now is Mercury is going to be, first of all, heading back under the beams of the sun on Monday. We'll talk about that. And uh, getting ready to make its conjunction with the sun, going back into the furnace of the sun. And this is the rebirth of Mercury. This is the beginning, according to some authors, of a completely new Mercury cycle. Um, this is something I learned in Demetra George's uh, Ancient Astrology and Theory and Practice, where she, she counts the inferior conjunction, the retrograde conjunction of Mercury and the Sun as the beginning of what's called a synodic cycle. Um, each of the inferior planets, Mercury and Venus, um, makes a conjunction with the Sun, either coming direct or coming in a retrograde motion. I'll show you here. I'm going to, I will share my screen. So we can see here, Mercury, you see the little red numbers. For those of you who can see the video here, uh, Mercury is retrograde in this chart of Monday, November 4th. And it's now moving in the primary motion of the zodiac, the daily motion of how the sun rises, culminates at noon, and sets in the west. See how it's going clockwise here now in our chart, in our circular chart? Normally, the planets move uh, counterclockwise over time. The, in the daily motion, we've got those two motions we keep talking about, the, the primary and secondary motion, primary being clockwise, which is the daily motion of the planets that is uh, visible in the sky that we can see, and then the, um, the secondary motion where the planets are over, over daily weeks, days, weeks, and months, and years, the planets are moving through the zodiac counterclockwise when they are in direct motion. So now we've seen Mercury starting to go backwards, and, and going closer to the sun. Now, one of the things that's going to happen is Mercury is going to regress back under that 15-degree um, arc of separation from the sun, uh, which is going to make its significations more hidden. Um, so there's two ways of thinking of a planet being under the beams. One is uh, it, it's acting behind the scenes a little bit more, 
where we're not going to necessarily see the manifestations of that as upfront and present in our lives. It may be something that we're just working on behind the scenes. Or we could think of it as a weakening of that planet because the, the beams of the sun are shining so brightly and, and, and weakening the, the, that planet's significations. Um, another way of thinking about the planet coming into its retrograde conjunction was a planet taking to its sick bed. Okay, so this planet is old. This is an, an old Mercury. This is an ancient Mercury where we're starting to let go of all the things of the previous Mercurial cycle and getting ready for a, a rebirth in the furnace of the sun, which is a condition called Kazemi when it is, is conjunct. And like I said, we're going to be experiencing that Kazemi, that, that uh, brand new birth of Mercury on 11-11, which is about a week from now. So really start, you know, let go of all the things that were, you know, if you can think back when the, when the Mercury cycle began, I don't have an exact date on that, but I, it was a few months ago. Uh, and, and you can see when this, this cycle began, when we had the last, uh, retrograde conjunction. I think this is the summer then. If, 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 uh, if my memory would serve correctly, I think the last Kazemi we may have because the Mercury is, is going retrograde through, uh, the water signs. So there was, uh, a retrograde during cancer season, during Pisces season. And I believe, uh, let's, let's just take a look. Let's make sure. Let's kind of get our, all of our ducks in a row here, right? Let's go back a couple months and see what, what we were looking at here. In June, there's June, there's July. Maybe we'll go back a few days. Okay, so no, I'm incorrect on that, I think. I think we are seeing, uh, there was our conjunction. That was our superior conjunction. Uh, around May 21st is when we saw Mercury going conjunct in direct motion, okay? And then it was going to retrograde where? Huh. There it is. It's retrograding in Leo, but back into uh, Cancer. Yeah, I was right on this. So here is the beginning of our cycle, okay? Was around July 21st of the summer. And we can see this was the inferior conjunction of Mercury and the Sun. And it was like the same kind of condition we were experiencing. And now if, as I move forward, Mercury emerges as the morning star and is going to, you know, come back into its superior conjunction again later on. And then what we're experiencing now, okay, is the, the beginning of a new cycle like we had in, on, around the middle of summer. What did I say it was? July 21st. So go back then. Go back to the, the, the middle of July, the end of July. See what you were initiating around there. Uh, that's what we're going to be kind of closing out, I think, this, for this particular mercurial synodic cycle. We're going to be getting ready for something new uh, in the scorpionic area of our charts. So this is a really important time to examine whatever house 
Scorpio falls in, in your particular chart, I tend to, to examine this in whole sign houses. So look at your Scorpio whole sign house. Um, in this chart on my screen of a Capricorn rising, this would be in the 11th house of groups or people that have shared interests or shared altruistic purposes, things like that. So perhaps if you're a Capricorn rising, there may be a new start in the, the people that you share a sense of purpose with. Um, I know in my own particular chart, it, it's Leo, which is, makes a Scorpio on the fourth house of home and domesticity. So there might be some kind of new start within my home going on um, with this conjunction. I know that I just basically scheduled a um, an appointment with one of my landlord people who are coming in and putting in new insulation in the attic. So perhaps it's some that's kind of some kind of new start where they're making an upgrade or something of that nature. So that's something to keep an eye on as we look at the synodic cycle of Mercury. Um, I also have a video up that's way back in my uh, channel on, on Mercury's synodic cycles, if you're interested in that. Um, Adam Summer has some really good videos on that too, uh, where he talks about the different uh, stages of, of Mercury retrograde and direct and its conjunction. So he's another good resource to check out if that's something you're interested in learning more about. Okay, so that was a long-winded way of saying, uh, of talking about Mercury's condition. Um, the moon this week is going to be moving through four different signs. Uh, we're going to begin the week with the moon in Aquarius in its own face. 20 to 30 degrees of Aquarius is ruled by the moon by face or by Deccan. Uh, we're going to have the moon moving through Pisces, which has some dignity by cooperating triplicity rulership. Uh, and then when it moves through Aries, uh, the moon is peregrine, so it does not have dignity in the sign of the ram. At the very end of the week, we will have an exalted moon in the sign of Taurus, which also has triplicity by the nighttime. So the moon does improve its condition at the very end of the week. So at the beginning of the week and the very end of the week, the moon will be a little bit in a little bit better shape. In the middle, not so much. The only challenge that we're really going to be seeing with the with the you know Aquarius moon is that it's going to be triggering that first quarter crisis or challenge that we're going to be experiencing. So let's go into our weekly here and see what what all of our aspects are going to be looking like. So as I was saying, on Monday the 4th, we're going to be starting out with a first quarter moon. So we, we had that new moon in, in Scorpio, and it was, it was opposite Uranus. So we, maybe we've gotten some kind of shock to the system, some kind of rebellion against authority, uh, perhaps against some kind of father figure in our life or a boss or something like that, or maybe some sort of tension where we're trying to really shatter some of the old systems with, with Uranus, with that Promethean uh, you know, fire bringer to humanity, doing it in, in a new way. Now, the, the challenge with that and in, in, in the myth of Prometheus is Prometheus suffered a little bit for giving fire to humanity. He was, um, you know, I believe he was chained to the rock and had a, you know, eagle or a vulture eating out his liver for eternity until uh, that great guy Chiron came along and took his place, right? And suffered for him. I believe that is how the story goes. Um, but so this may be a challenge where we're trying to bring something new into existence, but it's not, it doesn't come without a cost. Uh, so if you're experiencing stuff like that, I'd love to hear your stories too. It's always nice to get feedback and hear how these, these things are manifesting. What, what was revealed at that new moon 
you know, what kind of um, rebellion maybe was coming up in your life over the Scorpio uh, Taurus axis that you were having. Um, I definitely felt that at the new moon and, and kind of the, you know, some of the things that are going on in my life as well. Um, and what we're going to be experiencing on Monday is kind of the first checkpoint, really. We've been trying to bring some new things into existence. And now the moon, you can see here in this chart, uh, at 12 degrees of Aquarius is making a, its square or a 90, a 40, uh, about a 45 degree. No, the squares are 90 degrees apart. Yep, sorry. So the square is going to be 90 degrees apart. Uh, the moon is going to be 90 degrees apart from the, from the sun. And this is like a crisis point. The squares were of the nature of Mars. So this is maybe where we feel a conflict, where we feel a tension, where we feel like we've got some friction happening, where we have to really kind of be very um, heroic. It's some sort of external crisis about how we're going to bring the new thing into manifestation. And this is where, you know, Demetra George in her book, um, Astrology and the Authentic Self, talks about kind of our heroic nature needing to come into play. And we need to heroically move things around and, and take care of the external crisis and, and swoop in and save the day. So there may be something in the Aquarian ruled area of your chart. Perhaps it's associated with um, the, the groups in your life, with, with trying to create a new order through your objectivity that runs right into some of the very depths and emotional kind of crisis points in your life. Um, <laughs> this, this, I'm looking at the timing of this. This is going to be the time when I'm going to have someone over in my attic uh, cleaning out all the garbage in the attic to, to lay new insulation. So that's an, a very interesting kind of time frame um, where we're kind of getting rid of all the stuff that needs to go, like that Scorpio sun and uh, getting ready for kind of a new start, right? And that may be, um, I can already tell that that may be a little bit, maybe it'll be noisy, maybe it'll be a little bit disruptive to the daily routine that we'll have around here. Um, but that may be the, the necessary quote-unquote crisis. Um, it's not really that big of a crisis, right? Uh, but it may be the necessary thing that, that, that needs to happen to clear out all the old junk and create a new start that eventually will be of a benefit. So that's just one small example that I can think of that may be coming just personally. Um, the other aspect of that day, the moon's going to be making a trine to um, Mars in Libra at 20 degrees. Uh, and also this is going to be activating kind of that, that square um, between Pluto um, and Mars as well. Um, that, that aspect perfects uh, at 523 a.m. on Tuesday, but we're really going to be feeling it moving up to um, on Monday leading up to it. You know, we always feel these aspects as we build towards it and then it becomes exact and then we kind of feel it recede a little bit. So maybe this is also in, in, in alignment with kind of like clearing out all the junk and have it, having it be a little bit disruptive. Um, Pluto, <laughs> Pluto is great for, I, I always like talking about unclogging the toilets and sinks of our life with Pluto energy. And um, I can't think of a better literal manifestation than going into the bowels of our house and getting rid of, you know, just a bunch of trash that has been left there by previous tenants and stuff in the, in the rafters and things like that, like, uh, so that we can create a new, uh, a sen new sense of security, a new rebirth of, of sorts 
um, and maybe save some money on the electric bill or the heating bill or all those things. So uh, interesting, interesting manifestations thinking, thinking about that. Um, yeah, the other thing going on Monday uh, is Mercury's moving back into the beams. So here we see there's 14 degrees between Mercury and the sun. So at this point, Mercury has already moved back underneath the beams of the sun within that 15 degree uh, arc of separation and moving towards that inferior conjunction and that rebirth in the furnace or the flames. Again, the Kazemi moment where they, where they meet up, where they have a marriage, where they have a, um, you know, that kind of uh, intertwining is going to happen on 11-11, which I think is uh, next Thursday. So keep your eyes peeled for that because that'll be a big moment too um, for what, what needs to happen moving forward. Okay, moving through Tuesday. Uh, moon's still going to be in the sign of Aquarius in its uh, last face third face of Aquarius having a little bit of dignity there. Uh, and then it's going to be moving into Pisces uh, at 6.08 p.m. in the East Coast, still moving through that first quarter phase. And the, really the big aspect of that day is Mars squaring Pluto in the early mornings. We're going to hear, be feeling the reverberations of that. Uh, Mars square Pluto. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, intensity, right? Courage, volcanic catharsis brute force, ruthlessness, perhaps overexerting ourselves, pushing too hard. Um, one of the images that came to my mind was the surgeon's knife removing a cancerous tumor, right? So Mars being associated with the knife or removal, um, Pluto with something that has, you know, become corrupted or something in the underworld that needs to be removed. And perhaps it's a, a little bit of a difficult removal, um, yeah, this is uh, something to really consider as we, we go through this weekend moving into the week. Uh, but it all could also be kind of a, a violent aspect, something where deep-seated anger starts erupting. There could be something where we experience a little bit of rage that we've been repressing. Um, be very careful not to be super passive-aggressive with this aspect, too, because Mars is still not in the greatest shape. Mars, is, Mars acts, any planet will act more erratic when it is in a poor condition. So when it's in its exile like this, it doesn't mean that we aren't going to experience anger. It may be that it just is unproductive or it's, it's you know, erupting, coming and going, our energy may be coming and then flagging. Uh, we may be directing it in a, in a little bit of an inappropriate way. Like, you know, Mars likes to work, you know, through either you know, it works really well through Aries, right? When it's in its home domicile, when we're trying to push forward and, and, and use our willpower to, to forward our, our own best interest. Whereas in Libra, where, you know, when we try to really you know, be aggressive about um, a partnership, that's, that's not really how partnerships work. Partnerships require compromise. Partnerships require um, harmonization. And they require Venus type stuff. And this is, this is where Mars is really uncomfortable. It's maybe an inappropriate expression of our, our anger through relationships rather than kind of owning our own, you know, forward movement or willpower. So this is something that's going to be happening on Tuesday. Uh, the other aspects of the day is the moon is going to be making a sextile to Jupiter uh, from Aquarius to Sagittarius. So that may be adding some air fuel to the Jupiterian fire. So perhaps we've come to a realization, we've kind of done the heavy lifting and, and created the conflict that is 
maybe it's provided a breakthrough, uh, a difficult breakthrough, but maybe we've made a breakthrough. And then we start to feel a little bit better about our growth potential and our future. Uh, towards the end of the day, the moon is going to be making a square to Neptune. Uh, no, sorry. Scratch that. The moon's going to be making a square to retrograde um, retrograde Mercury at 25 degrees. Okay, so we're going to be hitting that retrograde Mercury. We may have to rethink some of the plans that we are we've been have been putting into place. We may have to really something that may have been revealed through that Mars Pluto experience may cause us to rethink the plan. Um, remember that Moon is like a music box trigger, so it's going to be sounding the note of retrograde Mercury from the uh, Aquarian area of our chart. So something, something in the Aquarian area of our chart like, is going to be triggering uh, a, a reevaluation of things in the Scorpio area of our chart. So don't be afraid of that. This is, this is important. When we talked about last week that, that a retrograde Mercury or a retrograde anything is kind of like a course correction where uh, I believe Austin Kopic compared this particular one as retracing the tunnels I like that image because, you know, Scorpio is like the, the things we keep hidden, right? The things that we've repressed and all the, the dark spaces. Uh, Mercury is an evening star right now under the beams, hidden. So we're, we're retracing all these steps. And instead of maybe a, a beautiful mountain stream that we're having to let go of the oars in, maybe we're in a sewer and we've got to like, uh, you know, go back down the path that we thought was the right path, but we maybe it led us down uh, the wrong path and we've got to retrace our steps to figure out where we got lost. So that's something to, to consider too. And it may be oh, painful. It may be bringing up some of the darkness and that we have to process, but it's really part of our jobs as, as human beings is, is to you know, take the good with the bad, take the light with the dark. Uh, this is a very, I would say, a Taoist way of thinking of things where you know, you're kind of, it's all about acceptance, right? And um, a really great lecture I listened to um, with Adam Ellenboss recently where he talks about Scorpio and not that we justify everything, right? Not that we just say, oh, we don't have to do anything about it, that we just accept evil in the world. Yeah, we have, his, his, his comparison was with Arjuna um, speaking to uh, the deity, I think, to Krishna or or whoever would the presiding deity in that story was. I'm not as familiar with with that as he is, but um, the takeaway I had with that is that um, we have in a, in a spiritual way, everything has a purpose and everything is fitting within the grand scheme of things. That doesn't mean you you don't have to fight the battles uh, on the the uh, in the world in the world of form. So you still have to do the work. You may see that everything is is spiritual in nature, but you've still got to do the work. You've still got to fight the battle. You can't just avoid it and go meditate in the mountains all day. So this may be the time where you're really being required to do that work. Uh, even if you can see um, or transcend it in some way, you've still got to engage with it in a way. But, but I guess the, the advice that he was giving, and I think that I'll echo, is, you know, try not to get too wrapped up in, in your identification with that as the only reality that you have. 
Um, just because your world of form or the forms that you're experiencing, you may be feeling either oppressed or getting in touch with your darkness, or perhaps there's something that's not fair that's coming up. Uh, that doesn't mean that that's the only reality you have to experience life in. That there's, you know, really what we're speaking on over and over again is getting in touch with the center of the wheel, with the, the spiritual consciousness, with kind of getting outside of your, this turning, you know, because this is the thing. When you have a wheel, sometimes you're going to be at the top, sometimes you're going to be at the bottom. And if we get overly identified with this spinning, we're just, it's just a recipe for unhappiness, right? And for, for really, for suffering. And I like to compare the difference between suffering and pain. We can't avoid pain. Um, that's just part of being a human being is there's the pain of birth, there's the pain of death, and there's all the pain in between, and there's joy of, in all of that as well. Um, but we can choose, I think, not to suffer with our acceptance. I think that the suffering comes when we're really trying to, to fight against the current of our life and we're not accepting it. It doesn't mean we don't do things. It doesn't mean we give up and give in. But sometimes the acceptance is in the acceptance that you actually need to do the hard work or that you actually need to pick up the sword and fight. There's acceptance in that too, rather than avoiding it. I know that I had a really difficult thing that I was working through in the past week. And the real pain was avoiding it. <laughs> I, was, I, I was avoiding a painful thing that I needed to do. Um, and I finally just did it. And it was it sucked and it wasn't fun, um, but it was easier after I just kind of ripped the bandaid off and and did it. Uh, and the real suffering I was making myself suffer by all of the internal machinations that were going on inside the back and forth, back and forth. You know that Mars and Libra type of thing, that being caught in a rock in a hard place, that Mars Saturn square that we are experiencing. That was the suffering. It was identifying with that rather than just accepting of what had to happen. Um, so I really think the key out of that suffering is, is acceptance. Um, okay. Wednesday, the 6th. Still the first quarter phase of the moon in Pisces. Uh, we're going to see a sextile from the moon to a retrograde Uranus at 2.43 a.m. So... We may have a positive thing that starts happening with the moon moving through the water sign, fueling some of the earthy changes and that need to take place through, uh, through our retrograde Uranus cycle. Um, think of this as the moon watering the, the fertile ground of change uh, with, with uh, Uranus in the sign of the, of the bull there. Okay. Uh, at 5.41 a.m., the moon's going to make a square to Venus in Sagittarius, uh, about five degrees or so. So there may be some sort of conflict either late Tuesday night or very early in the morning or within our dreams where our, you know, ability to uh, let go is coming in contact with uh, the desire to move towards a target or to move towards some sort of goal. The first decade of Pisces was associated with the Eight of Cups, and that, in that one, we see a figure leaving material success behind and going off in search of a spiritual reality. And in the first decan of Sagittarius, we see the Eight of Wands where uh, a f you know, there's eight wands speeding towards a goal or towards a target. So there may be a little bit of conflict with a, a, a 
desire to leave some sort of material reality behind and a, and a desire to to expand on that. So keep an eye on that in the beginning of Wednesday. Uh, the last aspect of that day that's going to perfect is the moon uh, making a trine with the sun uh, at 14 degrees Pisces and Scorpio. That happens around 11.25 p.m. Eastern time. And that's when the lights are in harmony with one another. So our ability to, to keep the greater vision in mind, maybe harmonizing with the, the, the darker parts of ourselves, um, with the ability to emerge consciousness. Uh, when we talk about the sun moving through the second decan of Scorpio, we're going to see um, this represented by the Six of Cups. And the Six of Cups shows two figures. One of them, I think they're either one is an older child and a younger child, and there's you know, a quality of innocence in this card, but uh, this is not necessarily how this was, was described in 36 Faces. This, Austin Cobbett calls this the mutual distillation. And this could be the mutual distillation of good things or of poisonous things. So this is about all the things that we are merging and kind of exchanging with one another. Um, and potentially it could be associated with innocence, but also the loss of innocence. Maybe we're having memories of something that was, was good in the past, but now that, that past is over and we need to process it and let it go. So, you know, thinking about the, the this is a very um, intuitive water-based trine between the moon and the sun. So there may be an emotional thing that we're finally working through and, and getting in touch with our intuition and, and things like that as we see this trine moving through the, the end of the day here on Wednesday. All right, moving through to Thursday, November 7th. On Thursday, November 7th, we see the beginning of the gibbous phase of the moon where we've moved past potentially the crisis point. We've done some of the hard work of, of balancing out some of the, uh, the things in our life that were necessary to, to maybe begin that, that composting process that Scorpio requires. And now we're going to be perfecting. We're going to be analyzing, hey, did we, did we, uh, is the expression that we're bringing into form, um, is, it, is it working? Uh, are we going to take care of the details necessary to be able to let go uh, at that full moon, right? We're going to be experiencing a full moon uh, in, within, the, within the week after this uh, where we're going to get kind of a progress report. We're going to see the, the full manifestation of this energy that's going to be taking place over the Scorpio and Taurus axis. But the gibbous phase is all about really kind of, you know, analyzing and seeing if what we're doing is working or not. A number of aspects happening on Thursday the 7th. Uh, we've got a sextile from the moon in Pisces to uh, Saturn in Capricorn at 15 degrees, very early in the morning. Around the same time, the moon is going to be conjoining Neptune, retrograde Neptune in Pisces. Um, so in, in, the, in the morning, maybe there's some dream work that we're doing, or if you're in a different time zone, you're getting in touch with uh, the, the dichotomy of limits versus limitlessness, right? I mean, really the dissolving of limitations is, is something that Neptune has been associated with, where you know Saturn is the building of walls and boundaries. So there's this kind of uh, challenge about you know this kind of working within the limitations that we have, but also potentially um, moving beyond them, transcending them to a certain degree. So that could be something we're working through in our dream life. 
at 12.32 p.m., we've got a sextile of the moon to um, Pluto and Capricorn at 20 degrees. Uh, and then towards the evening, the moon makes a trine to retrograde Mercury at 23 degrees Scorpio, and then a square to Jupiter at 24 degrees of Sagittarius. So it sounds like a busy day. Um, it's going to be just triggering a lot of different areas of our life. Uh, just pay attention to the Piscean house in your chart. And because a lot of the things are going to be coming through that birth channel and triggering all of these different, um, this different balancing act with all these different planets, you know, you may have to reevaluate the plan with retrograde Mercury. You may uh, be coming into a little bit conflict with the, with the overall vision of your life with Jupiter and Sagittarius. Uh, you may be uh, having a supportive element coming from, you know, dredging up the old stuff with its sextile to Pluto. So whenever we have all these aspects hitting, it's a real, it's a real mis mishmash of things going on. But the key is just really working through that Piscean moon. Um, so, so examine that part. So for example, in this chart, uh, if I were to extrapolate this out, the Pisces moon will be happening in the third house of siblings, neighbors, communications, people that you share a sense of home with or a shared sense of roots, an extended family type of thing. Uh, and that may be the trigger point that is uh, triggering all the stuff in your first house of personality, of your body, of your identity, and the 12th house of like the things that you keep hidden below the surface, maybe yourself undoing, things of that nature. You know, and it's also going to be, uh, you know, activating um, the Scorpio ruled area of your house, you know, the 11th house with the group consciousness. So astrology is one of those things where we're trying to create a story. We're storytellers as astrologers. We're really trying to look at these symbols and figure out how all those symbols fit together in the greater mythology of our life. And mythology is not always cut and dry. There's sometimes multiple things happening at the same time, and this is true for our lives as well. There's multiple things that we're trying to balance out on a daily basis. So uh, one of the things just to keep in mind, how can you craft a story from the different symbols that are act being activated in your life? All right, on Friday, November 8th, the moon moves into Aries and goes peregrine at 6.49 a.m., continuing its gibbous phase. On Friday, we're going to be seeing a number of aspects uh, that are non-lunar. So we have the sun making a sextile to Saturn um, from 15 degrees Scorpio to 15 degrees of Capricorn at around 12.06 p.m. Um, then it's going to be trining retrograde Neptune uh, at about 12.57 p.m. At, at 16 degrees Scorpio and Pisces. And then towards the evening, there's going to be a sextile between Saturn and Neptune. So what do we make of this? Well, let's break it down. The sun. The sun is associated with our ability to command, our ability to, to be an authority figure. Uh, to, it was the illuminated light of the mind. Um, it was our source of identity. It was our, our soul, right? It was the divine part of ourselves that is um, eternal, that is not necessarily uh, subject to the um, passing into and out of form that the moon represents. So 
I always like to see, when I see solar things happening, there's always, like, if we think about it from a very practical, you know, application, it's associated with fathers, with bosses, with authority figures in our life. So with a, with a sextile to Saturn, maybe we have a, a, a positive uh, experience of the authority figures in our life or our ability to take authority or command things. But we're going to be doing it through uh, a positive communication between the Lord of limitation, the Lord of time, um, and recognizing the greater structures of our life that we have to work within. So we, this may be an aspect where we are able to take greater responsibility, to have self-discipline, uh, to be able to receive help with the plan, right? So if, if the second decan of Scorpio was associated with kind of this merging, distilling energy, and the second decan of Capricorn was associated with the three of pentacles, where we see people looking at a blueprint, blueprint trying to build something greater within their life, uh, the greater structures of our life, maybe we receive some help. Maybe, maybe there's a, a father figure or a boss or somebody in our life, or maybe we're providing that for somebody else where we're getting some assistance um, trying to build the greater structures of our life or to, to let go of what needs to be let go of that will fit into the plan of our life. Sometimes we have to plan for um, consolidation. Uh, I spoke a few weeks ago of a song by Tears for Fears called Break It Down, right? Break it down again. No more sleepy dreaming. Uh, no more building up. It is time to recede. And this is really the time of year that we're in where we're not really building up anymore. We're, we're letting go of stuff. The trees are, are, are losing their leaves. They're, they're, the sap is slowing down. It's not a time for flowing. It's a time for almost like a hardening and, and you know, gathering resources to be able to sustain us through the, the less abundant time of the winter. Uh, this is the natural cycle that we're in. So this may also be associated with just really getting in touch with that consolidation energy. We don't always have to be growing. I think that's important to keep in mind too. Um, sobriety isn't something associated with Saturn. So this is sober leadership. This is getting real, right? We're getting very realistic about um, how we're going to be moving forward on the next stages of our journey. Now, that being said, the sun at around the same time is making a trine to um, Neptune in Pisces. You can see, see that. This is fr Friday. Let's move forward. Let's move the chart forward. I haven't really been looking at it. A chart here. So you can see there's our trine between the sun and Neptune. And here's our sextile between the sun and Saturn. And they're happening fairly simultaneously. So. What does that mean? And really, at the same time, we're seeing a sextile between Saturn and Neptune. So we really have to kind of blend all three of these archetypes to figure out what, what's going to be happening, what, what our story is. So potentially our imagination our, or our, um, the illusion uh, is going to be enhanced by this. This is a really interesting combination of planets because um, we have... Saturn, the planet of limits, the planet of, you know, uh, structure, the planet of, you know, breaking things down and building them up, coming in contact with an, a very different archetype in, in Neptune, where we're, you know, seeing potentially the limitlessness, uh, we're seeing the transcending of things, but potentially also uh, illusion. Uh, Neptune was also associated with 
poisons, um, with spiritual surrender, um, with, with a vision or a sense of purpose. Um, this could also be something where we get into a flow state and we're submitting or submerging ourselves in that flow state. And perhaps it's through hard work. Maybe we're getting into the flow state of a very, a very difficult work that we need to be doing in this Scorpio season uh, with, with Saturn and Capricorn. Um, modesty, humility is something where we see the combination of Saturn and Neptune. Uh, having integrity in our spiritual vision, being of practical service. Uh, it may also be con- associated with some uncertainty, with some doubt with maybe having the veil um, over our eyes when we're doing these things. Um, Or potentially we're getting a moment uh, at the end of the week here where we are seeing, you know, through the veil of illusion. Maybe we're cutting through the veil with our Saturnian awareness and, uh, you know, feeling what is possible rather than what isn't, or and, and getting kind of that reality check, right? Uh, austerity is something that could be associated with this particular you know, aspect set. So balance out the vision, balance out your, your desire to completely surrender to doing things within the circumstances that have been laid out for you in this material reality too. Um, it may be a combination of things where you're getting uh, shown what is actually possible. And that could be, that could trigger some sadness. That could trigger a need to say, you know what? I don't necessarily have to do it all myself. I'm going to submit to just the, the path that the life, my life is showing me right now. And I may not have to force things uh, with my commanding solar presence i may need to just ride ride the ride the flow and it may be a retrograded flow because mercury retrogrades hanging out with the sun you may have to retrace those steps right we may have to like you know just get comfortable with going back through the tunnels of our life and the sewers of our life and and you know dealing with some of the unpleasant garbage that has built up and you're going to feel better for it when you just kind of go with that flow, do the work that is necessary, um, be Arjuna on the battlefield, and, but, but also accepting that there is a divine um, purpose behind all of it as well. Okay, so that's Friday. Moving forward through the weekend. Moon is still going to be through, go, going through Aries on Saturday the 9th, still in our gibbous phase. Uh, an, a couple new aspects that we have. Lunar aspects, the moon is going to be making a trine to Venus uh, with that Aries moon at nine degrees to uh, Venus and Sagittarius very early in the morning. So that could be a little bit of a positive quality to the end of our night on Friday as we're doing some of these, this difficult work that we need to do. Um, in the afternoon, Mar- the moon is going to be making a square to Saturn. So maybe we have something that we want personally want with the moon th- moving through Aries, that Mars ruled sign where we really desire something, but it is going to be running headlong into like some limitation with, with Saturn and Capricorn. Um, and Saturn is overcoming in that, in that position as well. So you can see here, Saturn is making the superior square 
So this, this may feel pretty oppressive uh, on Saturday afternoon where we just really, we might be feeling some frustration on moving forward with the plan. So try not to get too bent out of shape. It'll pass fairly quickly. Uh, and then the last aspect of Saturday is that we are going to be uh, experiencing Mercury retrograde, making a sextile to Pluto at about 9.13 p.m. So this is hearkening back. I want you to go look at what happened uh, around Saturday, the 19th of October, because this is the first time that Mercury uh, sextiled Pluto around this area, and we're going to be revisiting this. Um, I know in particular I was trying to move forward with a project that I wanted to, to um, do to kind of eliminate some corruption that I was experiencing in an area of my life, and I ran into like a, a need to wait. Um, I got like a, a kind of like, uh, you know, you've made some progress, but now you've got to wait. And maybe potentially something, there will be some movement with that particular project that I was working through. I'm, I'm you know, curious to see if that's what happens in my particular life. But look at your life and see if there was anything where maybe you, you were trying to make some headway, but it didn't quite move forward the way that you wanted it to yet. Now you've got to re-examine that original goal that you were trying to manifest around the 19th of October, um, because that might be coming back around to be uh, dealt with again. And this could be uncovering secrets. You may have a, some obsessive thinking. There may be a breakdown of old beliefs. There may be some communications through some of the darkness in your life with the, the combination of these two planets. Uh, some difficult conversations. Intensity of thinking. Those are all, all manifestations of this aspect. As we move forward through Sunday, the 10th, uh, we're going to see the moon move into Taurus at the end of the day around 6.18 p.m. where it gains some dignity by exaltation and triplicity by the nighttime. The moon is going to be making a square to Pluto at 20 degrees very, very early in the day. So we're going to feel that late Saturday night as we see that sextile to Pluto from Mercury, but also a square um, to, the, to Pluto um, from, from the moon. Um, the moon's also going to be making opposition to Mars and Libra uh, at 6.58 a.m., 24 degrees or so. So this may initiate some sort of conflict between our desires and uh, our need to create balance and harmony within our relationships. So that's something that might be one of the themes of the weekend is what is good for us versus what is good for, for, for the whole or for the team. And that's something that I want you to think about over the weekend is how can you um, you know, take into account your needs versus someone else's. The moon is going to be making a positive trine to Jupiter at 9 a.m., so that can bring some positivity towards the end of the day on Sunday. Uh, all right, so that's our week. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> We've gone through a lot of aspects, talked about a lot of things. Looking ahead, the week of 11.11 through 11.17, Oh, 11 11 is going to be Monday, not Thursday. So that Mercury Kazemi moment is coming on Monday the 11th. Uh, that's going to be the rebirth of Mercury, a whole new synodic cycle. So really pay attention to what's going on on Monday the 11th. And we'll, we'll talk about that in our next video uh, more in depth, but we got kind of a taste of it this week. We've got a full moon happening at 19 degrees of Taurus. Uh, the opposition, of course, between the sun and the moon uh, the sun in Scorpio and the moon in, in Taurus. So we're going to be seeing the fruition of every, everything that was planted at that new 
that new moon in Scorpio in that area of your life coming into potentially into into manifestation. Um, there's going to be a couple other non-lunar aspects, a sextile between Mars and Jupiter. Um, retrograde Mercury is going to sextile Saturn. The sun's going to take its turn sextiling Pluto. And then we're going to see a couple uh, aspects with Mercury retrograde contacting Neptune by a trine and then Venus squaring Neptune. So that's what's ahead in the week. Uh, I hope this was helpful for you um, and that you are all having a good Scorpio season, that you had a good Halloween, that you didn't overdo it too much with the candy or anything like that, and uh, that everyone has had a safe holiday and that you're getting ready for this new Mercury cycle. This is a great time for just really, you know, reevaluating kind of how you've been doing things, um, you know, maybe making a new plan, letting go of all the old stuff, all the old belief systems all the old junk. It's a great time for clearing out, cleaning up, and getting ready for that mercurial rebirth. So uh, if you like this video, make sure that you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, um, Spencer Michaud Astrology. Share it with your friends. Hit the like button. And uh, yeah, I hope you have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Peace.